welcome to Out of the Blue from Mason Brew, part of the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Jared Stormer of MazinBrew.com, and with me as always is Andy Bailey, my hetero life mate, also of MazinBrew.com. Andy, you human paraquat. How you been, brother? I'm good, man. A little sad that basketball's not going on, but there's some good football news to be excited about. There is indeed. We should have had a few games already and not looking good for the next games. We were supposed to be back February 11th for Michigan basketball. That's not looking good either, at least not at the uh, projected tip-off time. It might get pushed back a little bit against Illinois, but then they're saying the follow-up game against Wisco's in the air. We might not have a game till the end of February. It's uh, it's not not awesome for, for my sports intake right now. No, this is, <clears throat> especially we talked last week about how hot this team was and, you know, a few weeks off can slow the momentum. Now I'm starting to get worried, and that worry is going to quickly become to panic if we get to the end of February without playing a game. So then you got to worry about these kids shaking off rust from having such a long absence heading into the Big Ten tournament where your team should be the hottest and sharpest it's been all season. We share the exact same sentiment. I didn't really mind the two-week shutdown. I was like, all right, I mean, they can get past that. And I think they can get past a month shutdown, but that is kind of unprecedented. I mean, yeah. especially for a top-five team to have to shut it down for a month and then come back and, and get that momentum and get that level of cohesiveness back. It's We don't really have anything to compare that to, so who knows if they can do that. I wouldn't see any other team ranked in the top five right now, or even top 10, just shutting down for this long. Not with zero cases on the team. There's no cases on the basketball team. It makes no sense. How is the wrestling program or whomever is exposed to it, other programs maybe, how are they dictating all of this? Like so much is on the line for this basketball team as far as university exposure, uh, revenue coming in from the NCAA tournament, a whole lot of things. I just don't, I I think the athletic department's overreacting like they did during football season. That's what it feels like. And if you're Ward Manuel, I mean, you're coming off a controversial decision to bring back Harbaugh and gut the rest of the staff. I mean, it's I would say it's pretty well split. But you do this when you've got your your team absolutely rolling and literally what's on the table is national championship. I mean, we're not talking Big Ten championship. I mean, that was definitely on the table, too. But I mean, that's how highly we thought of this basketball team. That's how highly they were thought of nationally. And to potentially risk that, because I like that we just keep saying it's the wrestling team. We have no idea who it is. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we just blame those kids. Yeah, just blame those dudes because they could easily destroy us. The Maybe the easiest. So. We'll, we'll just pick a fight with the, the scariest of groups. But but regardless of who it is, it's not the basketball team. So to put that all on the line, eh, I don't know. It, it's, it seems a little overly cautious with what you stand to potentially accomplish. And it's a situation now that if the team comes back and is rusty, plays poorly, or has an early exit in the NCAA tournament, can point back to this, you know, two, four, six week layoff and be like, yeah, that's when the team lost their mojo. Oh yeah. If we come out and, and lose like four straight and then the football team comes out and goes seven and five or something like, Oh, Ward Manuel's going to be under fire. Yeah. Like we were talking about before he's safe. John Howard's got this program cooking basketball team and um, football teams picking back up. But if this hurts this basketball season, like I mean, I don't want to say fatally, but ends their season prematurely. That is spelling bad news for Manuel, man. I, the longer this goes on, the more nervous I get and the more negative I become. And you know, I'm always optimistic. Oh, you are. I mean, you're going to try and breathe optimism into me in the second half of this pod when we talk football. I already know you are. Oh, that I am, sir. 
<laughs> so as of right now, we don't know when Michigan basketball will be back. Um, February 18th is the date that was floated in the, uh, what was that? The Chicago Tribune that I was reading earlier, I, I believe. believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, you know, speculative at best. So we shall see when they come back, but you said it perfectly. The longer it goes on, the more worry creeps in. So hopefully they can come back soon. Um, the other bit of basketball news, which isn't really news, but uh, recent and uh, NBA mock drafts have been coming out. The sports illustrated one, the ESPN one, and Franz Wagner went from being a non-drafted prospect. He's moved up into the top 20. So that should say something about how NBA execs and how league officials and people in charge are viewing this team and particular viewing Franz Wagner. You'd love to see this, man. The kid started off the season slow. You've been <clears throat> high on him since day one last year. So to see him like really take off now and to get this projection is huge for him. We never expected Franz to come back after this season anyway. If he does, it's just a bonus treat for us. But <clears throat> good for him, man. I'd love to see that. No, Franz and Livers are gone. And despite what you know, the options are for returning for eligibility, I think Livers is out of eligibility regardless. Franz could return, I believe but he's not going to. So we'll, we'll lose all those guys. We'll lose Austin Davis, but the team is well set up to, to, you know, move on from those losses. Losing Franz Wagner is going to hurt. I'm telling you, this dude is, he's the real deal. I think he's going to be like, to me, he reminds me of the guy that went number nine in this year's NBA draft, Denny Avdia to the Washington wizards. And I'm like, you can get Franz Wagner at pick number 20. I mean, it just goes to show this is a really good draft and how highly I think of Franz Wagner, personally. It's funny you picked the NBA team <clears throat> that has his brother on it, Mo Wagner. Yes, absolutely. He could use a change of scenery there, too. A lot of people could. But you know what helped, yeah. you know, kind of quell some of the pain of losing him? A number one recruiting class next year, baby. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't wait to start talking about that recruiting class as that gets a little bit closer. Um, but yeah, we're bringing in some absolute studs and some length too. Um, so losing the six, nine, six, 10 Wagner, that will be helped by some guys um, that are coming in that are just long, long NBA type dudes. So um, more news. This is switching over to football, but it might bleed over into basketball. And I don't know how excited you are about this particular release, but this was like for me and a lot of people that are college football fans, this was like Christmas morning. NCAA football from EA Sports is returning. It is official. Let's go. This is huge, man. Every, I mean, Twitter blew up. And the one way to unify this country in these trying times, bring back NCAA football. That will do it. <laughs> You've got either that or taking down the hedge funds. Those are the only things we can all get on the same page about, apparently. But yes, this is uh, for me. I had no intentions of ever buying another next gen console. I didn't see any purpose to it, but they just they made a six hundred dollar sale plus however much the games and controllers are. They just made the sale to me. And that's how big this is. And I imagine I'm not the only one who feels like that and that like bringing this back is something that may get some people that haven't gamed in a long time back into gaming a little bit. Yeah, and you've been playing NCAA 14 since 14. <laughs> yes, that's true. I am one of the those absolute losers that uh, once a year I pull out NCAA 14 and I, I do a season. Well, first of all, you know, it's podcast research. Yeah. I like to see how our team fares against other teams and how people rate them and stuff. So it's research. Okay. Um, so you're welcome for doing homework for our podcast. <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, I always yeah. hear you're a committed man like that, but yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But it's, it's, it's very different. And to bring it back now, and hopefully they bring it back with two things that I'm looking for is a, the transfer portal, 
um, which is very much a part of college football right now. And B, I want the ability to go back and play as legendary squads like they do with with Madden and stuff and with uh, NBA does it the best. Like, give me a chance to go back and play with that 2016 uh, Michigan team or give me a chance to go back even further. Let me play with the 97 Michigan team. Play with 1988 Barry Sanders. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Let me go back and play with Barry Sanders and, and rush for 3000 yards. Um, we were kind of talking about this off air. So it's been uh, it's been gone since 2014. The last person to grace the cover was none other than Denard Shoelace Robinson. Also one of the last good nicknames. Very good nickname. Strong. Yeah. Out there that really stuck. Who are some of the players or teams you would want to play with um, when this comes out outside of obviously playing with current Michigan squads? Some of the teams we maybe missed between 2014 and now, because there's some good ones. There are some good ones. I don't want to name the Alabama teams. It's almost like a cheat code. It's like whoever picked the Warriors in 2K in like 16, 17 and 18. Uh, For me, obviously won the 2019 LSU Tigers. We adored that team on here, especially Sir Joseph Burrow. I mean, Jamar, uh, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Thad, Clyde Edwards, Blair running Clyde the ball. Edwards, Blair, Thaddeus Moss, uh, Terrence Marshall. I mean, Grant Delpit on defense. That team was just stacked. Like that's a stacked team. So much fun. The offense was a blast. Another good one was uh, 20, 2017 uh, um, Oklahoma with Baker Mayfield, the team that had the big lead against Georgia and blew it in the uh, second half in the playoff game. That team was a ton of fun. Any team with Lincoln Riley, you know, calling plays, any Oklahoma offense, I think you're in good hands. Yeah, I think the uh, Kyler Murray to C.D. Lamb, uh, one of the more recent Oklahoma teams, that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, playing with Devonta Smith. Obviously, Lamar Jackson would be yeah. a cheat code in this game. Yeah, uh, just unfair with that Louisville team that first year he was starting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Saquon probably be a bit of a cheat code in this game. Derrick Henry is a cheat code in real life, so... <laughs> They don't, they're not supposed to make men that size. Like we're not the same species. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, here's one for you. How about the 2018 Georgia team? Uh, yeah. that would be with uh, Deandre Swift, Sony, Michelle and Nick Chubb. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, great. I mean, all those Georgia running backs, man, every year there's turning them out. Was that the team that ha- was that year before they had Roquan Smith on it? Uh, he was on one of those teams. I don't know if thank you. It was they- 17 cause they beat Oklahoma in 18. Yeah, I don't know if they had Chubb, Swift, Michelle, and Roquan all in the same team, though. Okay, yeah, one of the they only had that together, that team together once, and I don't think Swift really played. Yeah, it was one. It was one. The year Michelle was featured, I think, was seventeen, and yeah, that was the that team was studly. Roquan Smith, they were super fast. Thought they were. I mean, who was who was their quarterback that ended up falling off? He chased Jacob Eason out of town. It was he just went pro. Oh, um, yes. And didn't he, uh, he had some like racist remarks that showed up in a text message and he went to Buffalo. No, um, <laughs> no, he, he, he finished his career at Georgia. Jake Fromm. Jake Fromm. No, no, he was drafted by Buffalo. Oh, okay. Well, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think if we're thinking of the same guy, but yeah, yeah. Either way. Yeah. That, that was a loaded squad as well, but I don't know. Either way, I'm super excited for this to be back. Give me Michigan, and I'm going to win a national championship the first four years before I get bored and start playing as Bowling Green or something. Yeah, 100%. I even like to play with people like in the Big Ten, like Jonathan Taylor. Just run the ball every play with Wisconsin. Yeah, and in that game, if it's anything like the old games, having a dominant running game was key. So um, I don't think there's enough balls to go around for that 2018 Georgia team. There's just You can't run the ball that much. Yeah. You'll just score every time. Chubb touches the ball. Yeah. So just be Joe Burrow and LSU and sling the pill. 
that's the one that's the one so very excited about that and uh this obviously signals a move towards paying ncaa players i mean we've seen a lot of moves that way but there's never been like that official announcement yeah nor do we know how it's going to work and uh we were kind of talking about this off air but i think that this is something that will eventually benefit michigan if we're allowed to throw bags so yep <laughs> i mean the last guy on the cover was from michigan michigan is a team that gets a lot of exposure brings a lot of money in so if we can start playing paying players let's go Throw the bag like Santa Claus, baby. Drop the bag. <laughs> and we're not going to do it like Tennessee. We're not going to put it in McDonald's bags. No, we're going to tighten that up. <laughs> no, of course. We're going to take you to a steakhouse, and the money will come like on top of the steak like a mushroom topping. Oh, oh now, now you're speaking my language. Let's go. <laughs> I, I, I remember with NCA 09, I forget who's on the cover, but I you could print off old cover, like covers of different players off the internet, and I had Desmond Howard as my cover. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was actually on one of the covers, though. They did like a uh, a, a Heisman edition or something. Yeah, he was on every cover for me, Jared. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still got my Denard cover. I mean, I, I play that thing a decent amount, but not now. Now I, I sit back and I wait patiently and uh, start giving these guys the bag and get me back on the sticks. It's been a minute. It'll, it'll be good to be back. They maybe win Joe Milton the Heisman. Oh, I'll win Joe Milton the Heisman. I'll win whoever you want the Heisman. Who do you want? I'll bring Carlo Kemp. <laughs> oh man. All right. What, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're switching over to football. There's been some good news, um, especially after the season we just had on the football side of things, especially recruiting. So we're going to talk some recruiting and some Michigan Wolverine draft stock after the Super Bowl. We'll talk that right after this. All right, welcome back to Out of the Blue. We are switching gears back over to football where there is actually some news. Uh, we're not playing now, obviously, but recruiting is in full swing. And now, I, I don't understand because I thought we already had National Signing Day, but there's this second National Signing Day. That there's like three every year now. Yeah, I don't quite understand how the National Signing Days are broken up. But on our second National Signing Day, uh, Michigan really showed up and these new hires in particular really starting to make a name for themselves in areas that we had had to have. It felt so good today. Just, you know, take one away from Michigan State in the form of Rayshon Benny coming home. Add another Colorado flip to that. It was a good day for us. It was. So, yeah, let's go through uh, what happened today. Essentially, uh, this happened a few, I think it was about last week. Uh, Michigan landed four-star defensive tackle George Rooks, who was, I mean, this is a great start. This is obviously uh, the Michigan staff realizing that they had a deficiency. And I do want to bring this up. Maybe, all right, I'll just bring it up now. So it seems like every year the fans, or at least us, we point out deficiencies with the team, and then literally, like the next year, something changes. Um, you know, we called for uh, what was his name, Partridge. We were like, no, oh, not Partridge. Um, what was his, I forget his name already? The former offensive line coach, Tim Drevno. Drevno called for him. We were like, oh no, he's he's no good. Pep Hamilton, no good. And then literally, like as the fan base shifts against one of these coordinators or shifts in a direction the the michigan team seems to follow are we bullying them into making decisions maybe they're just as where as we are the one we did <laughs> miss the, on what the one they right. didn't yeah the one they didn't listen to was uh sean nua which they proved to be right about bringing these recruits in yeah so either we are right or we are bullying them into making decisions 
Yeah, either one. I mean, I'm okay being that kind of bully. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. But George Rooks is a 6'4", 260-pound defensive tackle out of New Jersey. Um, in on this one, sounds like it was Trone Moore was in on this one. Uh, a little bit of Ron Bellamy from what I'm hearing. I don't know how much he could have played coming in so late. and He committed a, a week ago. But Sharon Moore was definitely playing a role on this. So that's great. You get a four-star defensive tackle. That kicks things off. And then today you get two flips. One of them from a rival that you already mentioned in uh, Rayshon Benny, who is, uh, this is a guy that was one of their biggest targets. Initially, he was going to be an offensive tackle. They've got him listed solely at defensive tackle now. One of the best players in Michigan, 6'5", 275 pounds. This was almost a must-hit guy. And, yeah. And they were able to flip him late. Yeah, and this is a huge blow to Michigan State. He was the second highest rated player in their class, and losing him alone knocked them from 41 to the 48th ranked class, according to 247 Sports Composite. And we know, like, stars don't necessarily matter. I mean, this team, all right, since we're on that, let's talk about this team and their recruiting. So MSU, you just said, knocked them down to 48. They have one four-star recruit currently. They had zero four-star recruits in 2020. They were the number 44 class. And they had two four-star recruits in 2019, the number 33 class. Michigan is beating them on average by about 25 recruiting classes, and they still were able to win last year. So while this is great that you you take away Rayshon Benny from them, Michigan State was able to get a win last year with like these mid-40-level recruiting classes. I'm still mad if you can't tell. You know, it hurts. <laughs> <laughs> It hurts real bad. Um, yeah, it was awful. Last year, There's, it's inexcusable, that loss was. And it feels like, you know, Harbaugh's on this prove-it deal. I feel like a loss to Michigan State this year, you didn't prove it and you could be done. Like, that's the pressure coming because you said it. We Michigan has way more talent than Sparty, but for some reason just couldn't figure out a way to beat this team in a COVID year where their coach showed up, you know, month into the season was like, ah, we're going to beat them. And they just beat us at home or home field didn't matter, but still. No, I agree. And uh, this is the main reason why you won't be able to talk me into some crazy optimism, at least not yet. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. Come (laughs) September one, I'm sure I'll be ready. But as of right now, you're not talking me into it because of this loss. I'm still better to the Michigan state loss, but taking Rayshon Benny is a start. It's a position of need. I don't think it necessarily helps the 2021 team in any way, um, but you did pull in three. There was another one, a three-star flip from my alma mater, University of Colorado. I'm going to give it a go. It's Ikecheku Iwana. Iwana. No, Hardest working man in show business, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, they call him Ike, so that's what we're going to call him. <laughs> just, go, uh, just Ike, not just the last Ike. name. Just Ike. Ike. And this is, a, yeah, this is a guy that, um, I don't know. I'm actually a little bit higher on this guy. Rayshon Benny's obviously, you know, he was the big one. George Rooks is a four star, but, uh, I always like my three stars plus him being a, a Colorado commit before this. I don't know. I just got a good feeling. I like it. And what I like about the Rayshon Benny one a little more than Ike is just because it's saying to the state of Michigan that the best players in Michigan, uh, once again, go to Michigan. And this was something that was intentional. You know, we talked about the Ron Bellamy hire and, um, you know, there being a focus on getting the guys that you got to get that are close to home. So, you know, kudos to them for for flipping this guy. Hopefully he can contribute a little bit. I mean, just looking at the depth chart, he might have to play a little bit. Someone's going to have to play a little bit. Yeah, we have Josh Ross and uh, end of list. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, that's a little bit of news as well. Josh Ross is coming back for another season. So is uh, Donovan Jeter, which helps in the and, interior. And Donovan Jeter helps as well. So two guys that, if nothing else, are bodies and I think are going to have better years this year than they did last year. I think last year was an aberration um, with how bad we were defensively. I mean, to go from a top 10 defense annually into the 90s, that's an aberration. That is a, that is a weird year. We will not be number 90. These guys will not be that bad this year. It doesn't happen that way. You know, it's just it's <clears throat> things are never that bad. There's never that that steep of a drop off. But I have some trivia for you. Hit me. Who scored? I want you to rank these players, but who scored the most touchdowns last year for Michigan? All right. Ben Mason, Giles Jackson, Donovan Jeter. Donovan Jeter had one. Ben Mason probably had two, and Giles Jackson probably had two. Ben Mason, one. Uh, Donovan Jeter, one. Giles Jackson, zero. What? Yeah. No, G- Giles Jackson returned one. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have specified from scrimmage. That was my yeah, fault. Yeah, yeah, You're looking at from scrimmage. I screwed Giles you. Jackson definitely had one. Yep. Uh, I'm sorry. Also had, also had one who tied uh, with our boy Donovan Jeter. Joe Milton. Zach Charbonnet had one. Chris Evans had one. Cade McNamara, one. Roman Wilson, Ronnie Bell, Nick Eubanks. That is so ridiculous. Charbonnet is going to go rush for 900 yards at UCLA. And they're also going to win four games. They're going to win four games, but he's going to rush for 900 yards. He's it's a really fine. Son Haskins going to rush for 1,000, so. He very well could. Uh, Donovan Edwards is my dude. The more Donovan Edwards highlights I watch, the more I'm buying up that stock. Are you, are you, you can't leave Blake Corum just yet. No, I'm not leaving Blake Corum. I think it's a loaded running back room is all. Okay, I was about to say, like, you've been on Corum for a minute. Like, you can't no, just No, I'm not him. leaving any of those dudes. I still think Haskins is your number one dude, but Edwards is that dude. I'm telling you. Yeah, I, I like everything I see about Haskins and read about. I'm not Haskins. Uh, uh, Donovan Edwards. They, they, they just finished football in Michigan, didn't they? Like, just yeah. finished. And he was running through people. Yeah, I need to go back and watch some tape. Really, I'm already excited. I need to watch yeah. some tape to take it further. <laughs> I think he's got more bursts than Corum. I think he'll be our wow. fastest running back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He looks like it, so I'll be interested to see him. Um, speaking of buying up stock nice. for our departing, right? We're not talking <laughs> stock markets. That's not what we're doing. Um, but our departing Wolverines just completed the Senior Bowl week, uh, had a bunch of participants. Um, apparently, there was two games going on because I saw highlights of Carlo Kemp in like a separate Senior Bowl. Like the East-West I, Shrine game or something? Yeah. Yeah, he and he actually picked one off and returned it like 60 yards for a touchdown. I was like, okay, where was that? That's my hero. <laughs> yeah, there goes my hero <laughs> playing in my head the whole time. Um, I mean, good for him. So, um, yeah, so we're going stock rising, neutral stock, and stock dropping for all of our players that are draft eligible. Uh, rising, I already mentioned Carlo Kemp. I don't know how high it'll rise or if it'll even rise high enough for him to get drafted. But stock is on the rise, showing that that burst there for him will be helpful. Uh, Nico Collins didn't really have a great senior uh, game, but in practice was dominant and had some highlights over some uh, cornerbacks and some safeties that they expect to be high picks. So Nico Collins also tested well, went uh, si- above 6'4 in his measurements. So that's going to be huge for Nico. So stock on the rise for Nico. Yeah, I was going to say in the game, he didn't do much, but in practice is more important at these games than anything. It is. It is. Yeah, the game, I mean, it's kind of who builds a familiarity and who they trust to run the very few plays that you're going to get to run in the one game, you know? Yeah. There's a it, lot of players on the roster. Exactly. And Mel Kuyper said on Saturday, uh, 
during the before, I think it was before the game when they were talking about Nico Collins, or maybe it was after. He said he has that powered forward mentality, and he thinks Nico could be as high as a second round draft choice come April. Yeah, I was thinking he probably moved himself into third round, um, but if he has a strong, oh, there's not going to be a combine. It's pro day. Pro day, yeah. If he runs like a four four, a four five, this is a guy that could be a second round draft pick I'd take a shot at him in the third no problem if yeah. I were a, a team I, I would have no problem with a third round if he's there in the fourth round you're stealing him so yeah. the fact that experts are saying he could be as high as a second come April means he just woke everybody back up right I mean he's big he's fast and if you watched him in his you know best games at Michigan when he's targeted he does something. I mean, it's it. his lack of stats is not because of Nico Suave. His lack of stats are because of the offense and what was going on at Michigan. But when targeted, the dude just bodies you. Yeah, I, uh, I have one more to add to our stock rising. Okay. Chris Evans. Chris Evans stock rising. Yeah. Um, and this is not from anything that I saw in practice or saw in the game. This is just from things that I'm hearing kind of, uh, you know, rumors and whispers from senior week that people really like his versatility. Yeah. Uh, Todd McShay was talking about how he's just kind of a lost player there measured at just under five eleven, uh, two nineteen, thick boy. He's been through a lot, but he's tough. He's physical. He can catch. He's got a long catch radius, which surprised everybody. He has a six, six wingspan. And they say he can definitely get an NFL rotation immediately. Yeah. Uh, for him, stock rising probably means drafted rather than, you know, not drafted. It probably yeah. won't be above the sixth round. Yeah. That's, but still, that, that's a rise. It is. It is. It, so I would agree. Stock rising for Chris Evans. Uh, stock neutral. Um, Ambry Thomas. Uh, from what I was hearing, had a first. Uh, the first couple of days were really good in practice. Then I didn't hear anything about him and I didn't even see him in the senior bowl. You know, yeah. and I was looking for him. Couldn't find him. Um, I don't know if he was injured or, or what, um, or if I just missed him out there, but it's hard to miss the, uh, the winged helmet on the field. It's pretty easy to spot. Exactly. Um, he, he had a good measurables though. Didn't he measure like just around like six, six feet, six, one. Yeah. Good measurables. And the pro day, I think he'll run a good 40 time. Um, so I think he'll be fine, but this might be a guy that, that lasts until the fifth round, sixth round, even it's possible. I feel like a lot of people have forgotten about him. He didn't blow them away in practice like Nico Collins did so that that hurts a lot yeah I, I want to say it would have been good for him to come back a year but in Don Brown's scheme who knows I mean this was not a very good defense but he would have been asked to play a lot of man-to-man so there'd be a lot of tape yeah that's, that's true so he did play in the senior bowl uh not targeting coverage and he had one tackle so nothing you could really that's evaluate there that's why stock is remaining neutral. True. I don't think it's up nor down. Uh, Quinn Nordeen, stock remaining neutral. I, for us, it's obviously stock down. But at some point, somebody decided he was the number one kicker in this class. Um, and then people have just rode with that. I have no reason to believe that this kid should get drafted. Um, this kid, this dude, dude's like 35 now. He doesn't get the moniker of kid anymore. Um, but apparently people think that this is a kicker that can play in the NFL. So his stock remains neutral though, for Michigan fans, I have to imagine uh, it's as low as it gets. I'd buy it just because it's so low. Bro. NFL teams love kickers that can't make field goals. Like he's perfect. That's true. Yeah. I don't think he can even make extra points in the NFL. Cause it's, it's further back, right? Yeah, it NFL is further back. Should... Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. This dude's going to be spraying them left and right. You better put face guards on all the cheerleaders. <laughs> He's like a like a new male cat just spraying everywhere. It's like, where's the ball going? I don't know. Check row C. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I don't know, but everyone in the first three rows better keep up their face guards. <laughs> keep so, your dukes up like it, like Tyson's coming at you because yeah, the dude definitely has a leg. You got to say, that thing's going to come at you like a missile. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It will definitely arrive quickly, but it will not be where it's supposed uh, to be. Uh, yeah, Quinn Nordine over under three years in the NFL. I'm going under. I would say under. I would say under. But who knows? Kickers are weird. I mean, and it's a very mental thing. So maybe he figures it out. But nah. Eh, no. Eh, I don't know. Cursing out teammates. Not, not a for fan. Me. Not a fan. Not for me. Uh, Quitty pay. Stock neutral. Um, just because it started off so high and it didn't necessarily drop. All the mock drafts show him as a first round guy. Um, this is a guy that is definitely not being benefited from the combine because I think he would absolutely destroy the combine. But at the same time, people are going off the numbers that they have on him. And that's what rocketed him up so high in the first place. Not necessarily his tape. Yeah. He's the same. He'll be, he could be a top 10 pick. He's not going to fall out of the first round. I'd be shocked if he did. Personally, I wouldn't take him that high, but I'm not an NFL GM. I'm just sitting here, you know, pontificating on a podcast. Sure. But yeah, he's going to be a first round pick. He's gonna make a hell of a lot of money. So, you know, good for him. Stocks the same. He had nothing to, gain or lose from this so why do anything just chill he reminds me a lot of kind of how we were talking about Rashawn Gary though but you seem to be a little bit more down on pay I am that's interesting Uh, because I think that there's a lot of the same characteristics like a guy that Quiddy Pay didn't play a lot of high school ball like he had just kind of learned football when he came to Michigan and he's gotten better and the physical attributes are obviously there. He's put the work into his body. So it's kind of a projection, just like Rashawn Gary, where we were like, look, the physical tools are there. You just need to teach him some moves. But I think Pay actually comes in with a little bit more developed arsenal. Um, he just needs more reps. So I think Pay, it's not going to be a year one contributor, but this isn't a great draft class for edge rushers. It's really not. You know, there, there's, there's no Miles Garrett. There's no Chase Young. So Pay could be the first pass rusher chosen, um, and he's not going to have a Chase Young-like impact, but I think eventually he could still be a good player in the NFL. I really do. I hope so. I just, personally, I watched him play the last two years, and yeah, that was my takeaway. <laughs> if, if we were taking a pick, I'd say he has like a Chris Wormley-like career. Decent, but not like an explosive pass rusher. I don't think he becomes Ziggy Anza. No, I'm fine with that, but I also wouldn't take that in the first round either. Yeah, I mean, it's a position that's very valuable. And if he's the best one and he's a guy that can get you six and a half, seven sacks a year. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be OK with that. Maybe not in the top 10 or top 15, but I was gonna say, yeah, I, was gonna say, I, I hope Chris Wormley's not the first like level of pass rusher in this class. No, no, no. And Chris Wormley, he's a defensive tackle, but he can move yeah. around the line. He's played strong side and before he still can as well. And Quiddy pays big enough. You know, he's six, four, six, four and a half, something like that. Uh, he could move around on the line, play strong side or weak side. Theoretically, you could play him at tackle. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, if you're if you're playing like a, a unique system or something like that and you're moving him around trying to disguise him. But yeah, I don't know. He wouldn't be of all the pass rushers that we've sent through recently. I think I'm a little higher on Aiden Hutchinson next year. Oh, yeah. Projection than I am on pay this year. 100%. I'm with you on that. But we could be wrong. We could be wrong. So stock neutral on Quiddy Pay. Stock falling. Jalen Mayfield. Not necessarily from anything Mayfield has done, but he didn't do anything to wow anyone. And he hasn't played much at all, if at all, this year. Um, and there's so there's not a lot of additional tape, but other guys are rising. And that's more what this is about. Um, guys like Rayshon Slater um, from Northwestern, 
and Samuel Cosme from Texas are just coming up the board. And as a result, Mayfield is falling. Really no knock on him. No, it's not. It's just it's part of the cycle. You know, in this class, you have some really good tackles and didn't do much to impress. And it's what have you done for me lately? And unlike Quiddy Pay, where there's, like you said before, there's not a strong pass rushing draft. When you have some good tackles that could be on the fringe there, they can kind of gobble you up a little bit. Yes, it is a good tackle and wide receiver draft. So that kind of hurts Nico and Mayfield a little bit and, and helps pay here. But I still think he'll get drafted in the first two rounds just on upside. Yeah, and I mean, he, they're going to go back and look at his tape of Chase Young and say, OK, this guy can get it done. So he, he will definitely be on, a, on an NFL roster next year. Just I don't know if first round's going to happen for him anymore. We'll yeah. see about that. Oh, one more uh, stock up. I can't believe we missed this. It might have been the standout from the Senior Bowl. Uh, ben Mason. I mean, I was going to say that, but do you think he honestly gets drafted at that position? I don't, th- I don't know if he gets drafted, but the fact that he had Daniel Jeremiah, respected NFL draft analyst, raving about him live on a national broadcast, I think it raises your stock. And he absolutely cooked tough Borland in a one-on-one drill. That was fun to watch. And it was cool, too, because everyone was saying the energy was really high for that because they knew that was one where, like, you got a guy named Tough Borland going against Bench Mason, who literally just headbutts cinder blocks for fun. It's like, like that is football at its finest. It, it was great, man. And Ben Mason had a couple pancake blocks in the game. Just play with his head. Like, his hair's on fire. Just, like, fullbacks, you know, they're not – they don't come, you know, very like highly sought after, but like maybe sixth, seventh round late flyer. Ben Mason's going to make an NFL roster, though. I will bet you that. No, I mean, he's a football player. Look how much he made. He got on the field under Jim Harbaugh. If nothing else, John will take him as an undrafted free agent. You know, he will. hundred percent. The kid has negative athleticism. He's going to be on an NFL roster. But he had a lot of touchdowns for us. I, I know. Mean, him and I know. Khalid he did. were like touchdown machines there for a while for Michigan. Yeah. Oh, big Ben Mason guy, man. I'm big fan and I can't wait to watch who he's blocking for next year. Maybe he's blocking am, for Saquon but... in Washington in, in uh, New York. Do you forget when they moved him from defensive tackle back to fullback and he fumbled like three I, in a stop, row? Stop, stop, stop. I, I just, I just, you know, I'm just putting it out there. I, I put that on the coaching staff. Just leave the kid back there. Let him like tote the rock like don't switch things up don't screw around and get cute i get it ben mason weighs 270 pounds and he like eats nails for breakfast with no milk but right. <laughs> just just let him play fullback please yeah i want to see him in the nfl i agree the dude's a football player he belongs out on the field so i'm with you um this won't be the strongest michigan draft class uh i would say you're probably getting one guy in the first round and that's pay but then you're going to see some guys sprinkled in there. Um, who's your who's your kind of wild card guy that could go much higher, but also might not get drafted? Let me think. I've got it if, if you don't got it. I think it's Ambry Thomas. I think Ambry Thomas, you know, people are going to look at kind of the system that we played in and how Lavert Hill and David Long had such great numbers. And that might work against him. Like, oh, maybe his numbers and his season in 2019 was more of a product of the rest of their defense. And then, you know, he's not putting any tape on film this year or putting any film on tape this year. Excuse me. So there's nothing to go off of. So he could fall. But he also could be a big riser if people are like, oh, he's six foot and he runs a four four, you know, and he looks good in drills. So Ambry Thomas, I just don't really know where to go with him yet as far as where I'm predicting he gets drafted. Nico, I feel, will not drop past the fourth round. No, um, I got a good one for you. Hmm. Cameron Cheeseman. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I, w- I was going to bring up Cameron Cheeseman, but uh, we only have limited time on the pod. I'm going with another Cameron, Cameron Grone. 
I think that's a guy that if he tests well and puts on some size at the, you know, his pro day, he could vault up. But also wouldn't surprise me to see him plummet down because tape this year wasn't very good. He's still very raw. So that's the guy for me I could see going way up or way down depending on how the next few months unravel. And probably for him, stock neutral. Yep. He falls right in there with Ambry and, and Quiddy Pay, where people are projecting him as high as a third rounder. I That one I don't see. I'd ah. rather take Pay at pick 20 than McGrone as a third rounder. I just didn't see it last year. But, I, I mean, our defense was a mess. And, like, yeah, people are turning against the mustache of, of Massachusetts pretty quickly. I love how that just became the moniker. <laughs> yeah, the mustache of Massachusetts. And we were just talking. We need more good nicknames. It's a shame that we gave him that one on his way out the door. But that's fair. It just sounds like, like an evil cat in a movie. Like, oh, there's yeah. the mustache of Massachusetts. <laughs> it definitely sounds something from an older era, like from the gunslinger era. Which makes sense because he is from an older era. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Like business Bob Gilbert and the mustache <laughs> of Massachusetts. Comes Wall Street Wally walking in 1930. <laughs> Everyone, everything's great. <laughs> uh, I hate that we're so anti Don Brown because I really wanted to love that guy. I did love him for until about the Ohio State game in 2018. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And uh, God, I mean, how great would it be to get the all good dudes team together to coach a team like Brady? Brady Hoke is your head coach. You know, Don Brown's your defensive coordinator. You know, get all the good the good old boys back. Jed Fish is on there as your OC. Yeah, just can't wait to get together and go five and seven, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. Jed Fish, I'm high on. Yeah, Brady Hoke can clap. Uh, Don Brown can just play man-to-man. I mean, we'll score points. We're not going to stop anybody. No, probably not. No, no, I think our defense is going to be a, a big problem. <laughs> <laughs> but Brady Hoke's going to have him up for – he'll have him up for Ohio State every year. I promise you that. Yeah, he also got a good moniker after he left. The Fred Flintstone moniker is pretty good. I, who doesn't love Fred Flintstone? Right? What are you talking about here? Um, Super Bowl. Uh, next time we talk, the Super Bowl will have occurred, and uh, Thomas J. Braden, greatest living American, will have uh, done something for his legacy, whether positive or negative. What are your picks for this game? Tom Brady can throw 10 interceptions, and his legacy does not change. Let's get, let's get, let's get that on the record here. It's cemented, but some people are going to try and make some things up. I mean, according to NBA guys, he should have not won that game because going to the uh, to the championship and losing is actually negative for your for your legacy. According so, to NBA fans that hate LeBron James, that is so stupid. Just it is so stupid. You're like, what? So you're saying he should lose in the Eastern Conference Finals, and that makes him better? That's like when we make fun of Ohio State for getting waxed in the national title game. We say that it feels good to watch them. But also, it would be so good to have Michigan in the national title game getting waxed because we made it there. We know that. We say that with sadness. And we talk about the 2016 team. Had we have made it, we would have got waxed in the playoffs. Yes. And that's fine. But we would have made it. That's the thing. So, no, nothing Brady does is going to hurt his legacy. But he has 12 days to prepare in his house. Family left. He's never had this much time to just focus on football in his life, he said. So, as a red-blooded true American – I'm not picking against Tom Brady. I don't trust Andy Reid's face shield. There's something about it. I don't like it. Um, The man definitely has a few crumbs left in that mustache. I am going Buccaneers 37-35. Okay. 
you're going a little bit higher scoring. I understand why yeah. people are going higher scoring. For some reason, I just got a weird feeling about like a 24-27 type of deal. I, like it. I don't know why. I just because it's the Super Bowl, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, these are definitely teams that are built on offense. I mean, you've got the greatest quarterback existing currently in Patrick Mahomes and the greatest quarterback that has ever lived one of the greatest Americans that have ever lived on the other side. So it's, I mean, it, it's pure pornography for football fans in my mind. Like that's as good as it gets watching Mahomes and Brady go up against one another. One of them on his way out. Well, you'd think that, but he could probably play another four years. Yeah. Guy just threw 4,500 yards and 43 touchdowns. And doesn't seem to be slowing down. Although his last game, when he throw three picks in the championship game. And the second half, two of those are on Mike Evans. But that first half, that ball to Scotty Miller, chef's kiss chef's kiss i agree Uh, i don't want to go against tom brady i am pulling for tom brady i do think that the chiefs are the better team because they have the most unreasonable quarterback i've ever seen along with the fastest person to ever play football in tyreek hill true so it's hard for me to go against them um i'm pulling for tampa bay but i'm gonna go 31 27 kansas city this is like when you pick devin white over devin bush and just devin white is playing in the super bowl Devin White is playing. De- Devin White has Tom Brady as quarterback, and Devin Bush has no knee in Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> that may be the case, but Devin White is in the Super Bowl making plays. So my pick doesn't look bad. That's all I'm saying. Devin White, Travis Kelsey is the matchup I'm most excited for in this game. Ooh, yeah, that's a ton of fun. I, I really like. That. <laughs> yeah, I really like that. I really like Antoine Winfield Jr. He was one of my guys that I was really high on in the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, considered picking. Actually, I think I did pick him first round. I think you did. I did. Yeah, we just went through our draft results from last year. Our next draft will be coming up soon, by the way. Um, so yeah, he's a guy that I'm really high on as well for them. Uh, Levante David, I really love him. Former Rutgers, I believe, linebacker. If I'm not mistaken, you could. I have no idea. I believe Levante David played at Rutgers. He's a Big Ten guy, uh, or maybe it was Nebraska. I think it's Nebraska. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to watch him. Um, the Chiefs seem unfair to me. I literally think the Chiefs are going to are win gonna win like maybe four of the next five. They're going to go on like an Alabama-like run, which is harder to do in the NFL. But when you have one player that's that much better than everybody else, I could see it. Only thing that worries me about Mahomes is injuries, been hurt both years, and – this year in the Super Bowl, the weather forecast is, looks like 75% chance of rain and thunderstorms. It is in Tampa Ooh. Bay. So this could, could become a running game, and the Bucks can run the ball, have two stout backs, and the Chiefs are without two starting tackles from like Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, and I think they're without their guard from last year who opted out of the season to begin the year. Very interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, there's there's definitely a lot to watch. You think Tom Brady cares about the weather? Please. No. Tom, Tom Brady doesn't feel temperatures. No, he doesn't. I mean, it's just one of his many mutations. Yeah. Um, all right. I like the picks. Uh, before we get out of here, this is not an NFL podcast, but while we're on the topic, Detroit Lions trading Matt Stafford for Jared Goff in a, in a pretty good pick haul. How do you like that for both sides? I'm happy for both. I really am. I hate that Jared Goff is coming to Detroit. I mean, just... Not a big Jared Goff guy, but really happy for Stafford to get a good run with an offensive mind. I felt like he was kind of working this trade with the Lions. They did him a solid, like, sorry we couldn't get the job done. Lions need to rebuild. Let's send you somewhere where you can make a run to the title. He's going to put up godlike numbers next year in L.A. You, you, you heard it here first, throwing to those weapons and working with the god that is Sean McVay. And 
although Jared Goff is in Detroit, the most important thing is the draft picks that they got in Detroit so they can start the rebuild officially. I agree with everything that you're saying. This is a rare win-win. Um, if there's somebody that maybe lost a little more, it's the Rams just because their draft capital is now nil. But they don't seem to care. They're going for it within the next three, four years. And Stafford, I'm a Lions fan. I know you're you know, kind of indifferent. Uh, I bet a lot of our listeners are Lions fans. So Stafford has been like a legend there. I mean, he's right up there with Calvin and, and Barry Sanders is the best that we've ever had on the team. And once again, kind of squandered his time there. Yep. So good for him to go under Sean McVay, who is an offensive machine that's been kind of saddled with Jared Goff. And um, the loser here is Jared Goff going from Sean McVay to Dan knee biting Dan, Dan Campbell, who's the <laughs> defensive mining coach, good offensive coordinator though. And Anthony Lynn, who just developed Justin Herbert. Yep. So that's, you know, he could still do some things, yep. um, but the lions had to do this. The lions were, one of the lowest draft capital teams for the next couple of years with the most holes. So you need to start like this and you might not be done trading people away and starting with the rebuild. So I like this for Detroit, but I like it even more for Matthew Stafford. If he got a Super Bowl, I think you'd have a lot of people in Detroit celebrating. A lot of people would be happy. And my favorite weird piece of trivia about all of this that connects Stafford is that never forget that Sean McVay beat out Calvin Johnson for Georgia State 4A Player of the Year one time. <laughs> That's bizarre and strange and a weird connection in the sense that Stafford to Calvin Johnson is one of the best connections of all time. Yeah, Shaw, arguably Sean McVay was the best quarterback on the roster last year in L.A. If you're starting a team and you've got both players, you know, at their their youngest age, are you taking Mahomes to Tyreek? You taking Stafford to uh, Calvin Johnson? Or are you taking Dante Culpepper to Randy Moss? <laughs> a lot of variables, like who's calling plays, but sure, I'm, sure. I'm not going against who I think is the fastest person in NFL history and the best quarterback talent I've ever seen in Mahomes. I think that's probably the right one because Mahomes looks unstoppable, but I don't know how good Dante Culpepper would be in today's NFL. And Randy Moss is generational. Yeah. He was, yeah, I mean, he'll work in any era. Just throw the ball long. You put the arm up. It's good. And it's like in that NFL too, you couldn't go across the middle of the field. Like you just couldn't, you'd get killed. Right. And Tyree right. Kill can have free reign. If he played like in the late nineties, it's a good chance he gets hurt a lot. <laughs> and me personally, you know, I'm, you know, I have a little bit of a proclivity towards Calvin Johnson. So it's just a little bit tougher of a one, but I think you're right. You take Mahomes no matter what. Because of that word choice, I, I might just switch now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Just pull, pull it out like that. Like, oh man, the Jared vernacular, like proclivity. Okay, I'm there. All right. Well, I'll just start working in some, you know, more multi-syllabic words into our <laughs> podcast and try and convince you. It's the that craziest this, thing I ever heard. Yeah, that, to convince you that this is an eight and four Michigan team as of right now and not some, you know, 11 win team that you seem to think they are. You just wait. I'm stirring up the Kool-Aid for you. It's, it's going to be fresh come September. Oh, just wait. I mean, this will probably be, I mean, we're, we're getting there. You know, after this, we've got uh, the Super Bowl. So we'll react from that. Uh, then it's time to start talking draft. Uh, we're going to draft our uh, NFL picks. And then it's spring draft time pretty yep. much right after that. So what, we're getting there, man. What uh, are the spring start... football protocols, you know? No, and I imagine they're going to change. Oh, so yeah. anything that's been reported as of right now, I probably would take with a grain of salt. So as we get a little bit closer, we'll be able to talk about that. I doubt there's going to be a televised spring game with fans in the audience. I can say that pretty confidently. Yeah, that feels like the case. They at least got to let them have like, practice. I mean, the team was really good about it until they started losing this year. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. We need all the all the I mean, especially with what we're replacing all over. And this isn't uh, the, the comprehensive roster that we had last year. Last year's roster looked better coming in than this year's does. So yeah. that's why I'm like, it'll be interesting as we start breaking down this roster, which is going to start probably as soon as next week. And we start making, you know, predictions and talking about who's going to start and, you know, start talking about the actual schedule and stuff. Um, Just speculate yeah. wildly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I know. And you're going to try over the next couple months to talk me into this, but. I just see an eight and four team right now until I see some, some uh, transfer portal action. You, you just wait. They'll land one transfer portal guy. You're going to see a glimpse of Mike McDonald's three, four, and you're going to watch Donovan Edwards bust something, see some weightlifting videos on a hype video. It's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be the last weekend of February. I'm like, all right, all in. <laughs> all right. If we get a defensive tackle transfer, if we get a cornerback transfer, that's a good one. You know, someone that can play this year. And I also think a lot of people disagree with me here. We need a center. Am I the only one that thinks that? Like, we've got Vastardis, maybe. And then if not him, it's Reese Atterbury. Like, I think we need a center. Eh, I don't think it's pressing. I think it's more pressing than people realize. I'd like a center. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm good. Land land a corner. I'm not feeling better about the corner of D-tackle commitment. I feel like we're okay. Yeah, center. Literally the only guy that touches the ball every single offensive play. But how many of the guards have experience of that? Because a lot of the guards are versatile with that. And and Vastardis was solid. So we're counting Chuck Filiaga as a versatile guard now? Wow, we really ramped up his I didn't uh, say Chuck Filiaga by name, but a lot of the guards can switch in. I mean, that's all their backups. This interior yeah. lineman in general. I mean, Filiaga will be one of our guards, as will Stuber. Well, I'm not saying he has the versatility, but a lot of like interior linemen do. All right. Well, we got to get out of here. But before we do, I would be remiss if I did not mention our sponsors over at Homefield. Homefield Apparel out of Indianapolis. We've been with these guys for a couple of months now, and the partnership has been amazing. The most incredibly comfortable, very affordable sportswear brand with one of the largest and the deepest selections of college apparel in the game right now. You're listening to us. You're probably a Michigan fan, but their selection is wide and vast. They've got all the schools covered and not just the new stuff. You can go back in time, find some of the older stuff there. That's what I did. Bit of an old school dude, but I'm an older dude. <laughs> kind of look through that, look through their catalog, discover what you like, make your pick, and I think you're going to be really happy with it. It's super, super comfortable. Licensed apparel company got you covered. Get 20% off your first purchase with Maize and Brew at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. All right. So that's going to do it for tonight. But moving forward, we kind of talked about it. We've got a lot coming up for you. The content's going to start coming fast and furious, much like a Vin Diesel film. It's uh, draft time coming up after this. We've got. Um, our NFL draft, like we said, spring draft. So I'm excited, man. It'll be fun to get into this roster. Can't wait for you to try and convince me that this is going to be a good team. I live my life a quarter mile at a time as well, sir. So I'm excited. God bless you, my friend. All right, that's going to do it for Out of the Blue. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, and more. Make sure that you follow us on Twitter at mazenbrew.com. I am Jared. That is Andy. This is Out of the Blue. We'd like to remind you that wherever you go, go blue. Go blue.